shout of praise in here. Oh, Jesus, we worship your name. Hey, let's lift our hands all over this place. The presence of the Holy Spirit's here. The touch of God. The anointing. Jesus, we worship. Jesus, we worship. We honour you. You are wonderful. You are mighty. Let a fresh anointing fill this place. Even right now, Spirit of God, would you come by your fire, come by your anointing. Jesus, we worship. Come on, let's just lift our hands all over this house. Can we just sing, we sing holy one more time? We sing holy. Come on, why don't we lift our hands all over this building? Power of God's going to fall in this place this morning. As it is in heaven. This is, this is what we're going to do. If you, if you, we won't vote on it because I assume we're going to agree. Uh, but I'm going to preach for just a few minutes. But I, I really believe the Spirit of God wants to touch people. Now, I want you to listen to me. If there's any older Pentecostals in the house, and I'm not talking about age. I'm just saying you've been in this a while. I feel like some of you need to unblock your wells a little bit, you know, and, and receive from heaven. Some people, when, when, when you pray for them, it's, you know, they sort of, sort of stand there like a gnome in your grandmother's backyard, you know. We've got to be yielded to the Spirit of God. Let His, let His anointing just come. Because I'm believing God wants to touch people. You know, when Jesus, I feel the fire of God, man. When, when Jesus was baptized in water by John the Baptist, He baptized Him in water. The Bible says the heavens opened. The Holy Spirit felt like a dove. You know, you'll never find in Scripture anywhere that it says the heavens closed. They've been open ever since. And, and, and it's so important you know that it's not an open heaven issue that, 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 that is stopping the move of God in a church. It's a closed spirit. It's a closed head that closes us off from the anointing of God. And I, I feel like we've gotten to a point where we kind of expect that God might do something. I've made a decision. I don't come to church unless I'm going to get thoroughly blessed by the power of God and filled with His anointing. And so wherever you are, take the restrictions off God's Spirit. Say, God, I give you permission. I pray some of you leave this place totally drunk in the Holy Ghost. I mean, just gone to a point. I, I pray that you leave this place never the same again in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you. This is a Pentecostal conference. I mean, we believe in the fire of the Holy Ghost. And we believe in Pentecostal power that fell in an upper room 2,000 years ago. Oh, Jesus. Man, I'm pumped. Bless God. Merry Christmas. Man, it's great to be in New Zealand. Can I say for real, Pastor Sam, uh, I love you and I honour you, and I'm so grateful to be here. And Pastor Kathy, you guys are just some of the best people in the world, and, and it's an honour to be here. And again, Pastor Bruce, uh, you're a hero in the faith and, and uh, a, a hero that I've admired and watched from a distance growing up. You're one of the men of God that us guys want to be like, and, and it's just an honour to be here and to serve your family and to serve uh, equippers and, and, and I want to call you the Appos, but you're not the Appos over here. What are, what are you over here? Axe, 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 that's a good name. Uh, 
I wish there was more churches that believed in the book of Acts. Uh, but it is just an honor to be here. And, and so all of you men and women of God that are doing all you can to shape New Zealand and the world, I honor you today. It's a privilege to minister. I'm believing for a fresh anointing to come on this house. And just be seated. We're going to get straight in the Word. If you have a Bible, thank you, musicians. Go, but don't go far. Brother David, be close. Remain close. Don't play right now, but be close. Or is it you? That's who, whoever the main person is, just stay nearby because the Holy Spirit can't move unless there's keys. So I'm going to preach. There'll be a brief sermon, a sermonette for Christianettes, and then we'll get into this. Ephesians chapter 5. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Ephesians. And we're reading from chapter 5. If you can't find it, you'll find that it's immediately after Ephesians 4 in your Bible. So if you have an iPhone, turn with me, please. If you have a Samsung, please keep it in your bag because it's hurting you socially. Let's have a look. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14, it says this. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And I love this verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine. I like that God clarifies drunkenness is not the issue, just what we're drunk with uh, is his primary concern in this passage. Someone goes, come on. Uh, sir, repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus. Come into my heart, make me new. I'm a sinner, I need salvation. Now, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. If you've got a King James on your lap, it says be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, man, I feel the anointing of God. Something's gonna happen in this meeting. I can feel it in my bones. My right leg's starting to go. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. I want to use for a subject this morning, really talking around the idea of Pentecost. But I guess the title of my message is simply being filled with the Spirit. And and I, I want to reaffirm something that we already know, but I want to show you a little bit of insight into this passage. And I believe God the Holy Ghost is going to touch people in this room. You've got you've to see this passage in the context to whom it is written. Uh, Paul is writing to the church and he says, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And and it might be that we sit here as charismatics and, and Pentecostals and we go, oh, of course, he's writing that for the traditional churches. Uh, we've always known. We, we, uh, we believe the full gospel. And so, and so clearly that's a word that we need to spread to the entire body of Christ. In, in, all, in all actuality, we do. But Paul here is not talking to your traditional kind of liturgical kind of robe kind of wearing kind of steeple kind of church. He's actually writing to the church at Ephesus. Now if you, and you don't need to turn there, but Acts 19 gives us the account of how that church started. Paul comes to Ephesus and the Bible says he found some disciples and he said to them, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He said, we didn't even know we could receive the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, how were you baptized? They said, oh, baptized in John's baptism. So they'd been baptized. He says, finding disciples who'd been baptized. So how many know he's talking to Christians and, and, and Paul's saying, okay, basically there, there's a bit more for you than just salvation and, and, and being baptized in water. You gotta get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And uh, how many believe that you gotta get baptized in the Spirit of God? I mean, it, it won't get you to heaven. Salvation by the blood of Jesus gets you to heaven. The baptism in the Holy Ghost just gives you a lot more fun on your way there and helps you bring a lot more people with you. Now, he, he says this, he, he says, into what then were you baptized? We got baptized into John's baptism. And, and so they, 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 they were Christians, they loved Jesus. And so the Bible says he laid hands on them and they got filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke with other tongues. They got filled with the Spirit. That launched the church at Ephesus. 
of which many theologians believe Timothy was there in Acts 19. He went on to pastor this church and, and it grew to thousands upon, it was a mega church in the city of Ephesus. It was alive with the power of God and Paul would write things to him. Hey, uh, uh, stir up the gift that's in you which you receive through the laying on of my hands. I mean, so when Paul's writing to the church and saying be filled with the Spirit, he is very much writing to a people who believe what you and I believe. So he's not writing to a, a, a conservative uh, church that doesn't necessarily believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He's writing to a charismatic, Pentecostal, Spirit-filled company of faith. And, and he's even saying to them, be filled with the Spirit. I feel like the message of being filled with the Spirit is just as critical today for the Pentecostal world as it is for the non-Pentecostal world. Because without the baptism, without the power, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, uh, we, we, our distinctive is becoming more and more blurry. And I believe that uh, we, we have to come back, if, if you don't mind me saying this, come back a little bit to the power of God. I remember when I grew up in youth ministry, it was God encounters. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was the, the touch of God, the call of God. So much was done at the altar. These days, uh, you know, I, I remember one Sunday morning in church, I, I had this guy come up to me, he was a mess. And so I thought, oh, he needs to speak to that guy. That counselor will help him. So I hooked him up and God spoke to me after I'd done that. And God said, hey, I didn't call you to start a giant referral service, man. He said, I called you to go and lay hands on people. What you should have done is say to him, in the name of Jesus and release the power of God. Oh, man, bless Jesus. He's, he's, writing to, he's writing to Pentecostals. He's writing to us today saying, hey, be filled with the Spirit. You're like, well, I already, already, I already have been. Here's the thing, we leak. I don't know if anyone leaks. You put me in bad traffic or an airport. <laughs> we leak. That's why Paul says be filled. That word filled means continually being filled. A perpetual state of infilling. One baptism, but many infillings of the Holy Spirit. I feel like God today wants to touch us with a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, I came across, <laughs> excuse me, a writer by the name of Donald G. And he says this concerning being filled with the Spirit. He says, being filled with the Spirit is a recognizable condition. You cannot be filled with the Spirit and not know that you've been filled with the Spirit. And you cannot be filled with the Spirit and other people not know you've been filled with the Spirit. It's recognizable. When you've been touched by the Holy Ghost, you know you've been touched by the Holy Ghost. And when you've been touched by the Holy Ghost, other people know you've been touched. Let me, let me tell you, I, I've, I've had people say to me, I think I've been filled with the Spirit. Hey, we just need to make sure because once you're filled, you know you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no doubt about it. When you've been touched by the fire of God, you know that you've been, I mean, I mean if, if I got onto the, 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 is it the, the freeway to the airport, stood in front of a Mack truck, waited for it to come by, stood in its way, let it run me down. When I got up, if I got up, when I got up, let me tell you, if you get hit by a Mack truck, you know you've been hit by a Mack truck. When you come in contact with the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit, you know. There's no doubt about it. You know you've been, the, 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 the disciples, the followers of Jesus in the upper room, they didn't doubt going, well, I think I've been filled with the Spirit. Their, their heads were on fire. You know you've been in jail, how was it? Yes, my head combusted again. <laughs> I mean, being filled with the Spirit, when you get touched by God, you know. You, let, see, the, in the New Testament, the touch of God's wonderful. In the Old Testament, a God encounter was painful. Isaiah is minding his own business one day, and an angel flies in, <laughs> holding a coal, from, no, with tongs, a coal from the altar of heaven. He wouldn't even touch it with his own hands or wings. He, he's holding it with tongues. It's the first time we see speaking in tongues in the whole of Scripture. <laughs> so he's flying in. He's got his tongues. And, 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 and Isaiah is crying out for an encounter with God. He gets that coal and just sticks it in his mouth, burning everything. How was church, Isaiah? Fabulous. He had a speech impediment the rest of his life. Jacob wrestles with God. I will not let you go until you bless me. So God goes, okay, breaks his hip. <laughs> what about the apostle Paul? His name was Saul. He's on his way to Damascus to hurt people. 
and follow Jesus. So God gets him. Light shines from heaven. Boom, he hits the ground under the power of God. Gets up. Firstly, his name's changed. I mean, you know you've had an encounter with God when your name goes from Saul to Paul. I asked Pastor Sam, uh, how was church last night with Sammy Rodriguez the night before? He said, it's so powerful, the name's no longer Sam, it's Pam. But hang on a second, I didn't even make that connection then. Sorry, Pastor Sam, that's, that's actually quite insulting. No, no, it's still Sam, but there was a guy called Bob, his name's now Pop. Steve is Peeve, Harry's Parry. You, you know you know you've had an encounter with God when the S falls off your name and God whacks a P on the front. But not only that, he hits the ground and goes blind. Let's talk about the manifestations of the spirit that we want versus the ones we're not that keen on. Joy, yes, I'll take joy. Peace, oh, I'll take some peace. Victory, yes, hello, tongues, glory to God. Blindness, not so much. Can you imagine the three of them in heaven? Apostle Paul, Jacob, Isaiah, Jacob walks over. <laughs> hey, Isaiah, tell us about the day God touched you. Seriously, Paul. It was one of the most powerful things that have ever taken place in my entire life. What about you, Paul? How was it? Oh, man, I've never been the same. We're over here. I have never been the same. Can I tell you, when you encounter the power of God, it's more than just, oh yes, the fire of God will get upon you. He'll touch you from your head to your toe. If you dare to believe God, there's an encounter from heaven that'll touch your heart and touch your life. You'll never, ever, ever be the same. Blessed Lord Jesus. It's recognizable, you know. It's recognizable. Some people go, well, what's an indicator of the Spirit of God? Well, we know, we, we know it's recognizable because they said, look for men to help us run the church. Look for men of good report who are full of the Holy Ghost. If there's no indicators, how could they tell? There's no indicators of a Spirit-filled life. How can, they, how can they tell? There are some. And I wanna give you a couple today, I might only just give you one because I, I want to pray. I want to see the Spirit of God touch people. Can I give you a few indicators that you've been filled with the Spirit? Number one, let's get old school for a minute. Number one, number one indicator you've been filled with, that you're filled with the Spirit, number one is you've received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. How many people have ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I remember the night I got filled with the Spirit. Can I tell you about it? It was the, I was sitting on the front row of a meeting next to my dad. The preacher was a South African evangelist by the name of Rodney Howard Brown. And he's preaching in the entertainment center in Adelaide, a building just like this. And he's just walking along the front row praying for people. And he points to me and says, young man, come here. Lift your hands to heaven as you do. The fire of God comes upon you. So I did what he said. I lifted my hands to heaven. And would you believe it? The fire of God came upon me. I fell out under the power of God. And, and, and he, he began to, he, he laid his hands on me. I began to laugh. I began to cry. I began to speak in tongues. I got up. I couldn't speak in English for about an hour. I was speaking in the language of heaven. I didn't doubt anymore that God had touched me. I knew that from that moment, I had been marked by God and filled with the Holy Spirit. And do you know something? My ministry is so simple. I just figure if it was good enough for me, I've just got to make sure I'm bringing that same anointing to another generation. That's why I'll pray for people. Say, hey, lift your hands to heaven. As you do, the fire of God comes upon you, but can I say, we've got to expect some fire to come upon our lives. We've got to place a demand on the anointing of God. I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that I just pray to God we don't see in the body of Christ is our generation and, and those that are even younger than I am uh, get to walk in the pathways that have been paved by those that have gone before us, but not continue with the same power that they carried in order to break down and, and break open territory that they've broken open, and it's by the Spirit of God. We cannot lose in the generation to come our passion for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you get power in your life. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you get faith come alive on the inside of your life. You and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? You know, I, I was, I've been preaching along these lines for years, and you know, there's a, uh, there's a, a couple of words in the New Testament for baptism. In the, in the original Greek, it's bapto and baptizo. Bapto and baptizo. And, and so I've, I've, I've sort of looked these words up, and, and they pretty much mean the same thing, so we interchange them. But a couple of years ago, I, I came across this poem written by an ancient Greek poet, in 200 AD, so it was the same language 
uh, that, that really we, we get our New Testament from. So it, it was a perfect uh, insight into how people viewed some of those words and the differences of those words in those days. And he writes this poem on the process of making pickles, which is very powerful. And I wanna bring a slightly educational element to the meeting today. And firstly, I know we've got Bunnings in New Zealand, right? You've got Bunnings in New Zealand. You know, you can go to the nursery part of Bunnings. Uh, you won't find uh, one bag of seeds to, to grow pickles. There, there's no, there is no seedlings for pickles. Uh, even though there's a poem about the process of making pickles, pickles are not a thing. You will not find anywhere in Genesis, and yea, verily the Lord said, let there be pickles. And there were pickles, and he saw that it was good, and then Adam and Eve ate some. Well, you, you won't read that. They, they, God didn't create pickles. Pickles are a man-made thing. Well, technically, pickles were cucumbers. Are any of you wondering where this message is now going? <laughs> I'm, I, too, am very curious. Now, <laughs> pickles were cucumbers. Did you know that? Who knew that? Who did not know that? Who gets cheeseburgers at Macca's and chucks out the pickle? How many people have ever taken the pickle with your friend and stuck them on the window and see which one wins sliding down the wall? I still do that at 37. Pickles were cucumbers that have been saved, baptized in the Spirit, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and, and now they're pickles. Now, he writes about the process of making pickles and he uses these, these words, bapto and baptizo. He says, he gets the, the cucumber and first part of the process is dipping it in burning hot water and he uses the word bapto, which really means to blanch, to stick it in the hot water, completely dipped. And what happens is it softens the skin of the cucumber and you pull it out and then stick it into a jar full of other cucumbers, full of vinegar, seal the jar, leave it there until the vinegar breaks through the already softened skin from blanching and full dipping and the vinegar breaks through and what it does is it changes uh, the, 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 the structure of the, of the cucumber from the inside out and it goes from a cucumber to a pickle from the inside out. Literally, it is, it is a, a total change because it's not just dipped once, but now it's being baptizo in the jar, saturated in the jar, changed from the inside out. I don't know about you. I don't want to just be pickled. I don't want to just be dipped and go, oh yes, God bless, dipped, glory to God. Put me in the jar. Because I want to be changed from the inside out. Do you know it is scientifically impossible to reverse a pickle back to a cucumber? It can't be done. Millions of dollars are being spent on research. Actually, it's about $45. It can't be done. See, once, I mean, we've all been dipped, but once you've been saturated, man, once you've been in the jar and you change from the inside out, I can't go back to stuffy old religion. I, I can't go back to legalistic kind of boring structure. I need everything the book of Acts has got, man. I need the fire and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you're in the house and you say, hey, pickle me, Jesus, man. Oh, put me in the jar, I wanna get in the jar. I don't want to be some stuffy old cucumber walking around pontificating. Lord, I just want to be a pickle anointed by the Spirit of God, carrying the fire of heaven. You know, in Australia, if somebody's drunk, we say that person's pickled. Paul says it himself in the David Hall translation, do not be pickled with wine, but be pickled with the Spirit. See, God knows what happens when people get drunk in the natural. When people get drunk in the spiritual, the natural is just a counterfeit for the spiritual. You know, I don't really know what drunk people do because I'm raised assembly of God, so some of you apostolic pastors were very helpful in giving me the list. <laughs> Here's some things that drunk people in the natural do. Number one, they become unusually affectionate. <laughs> Ever been around one of your drunk cousins at a family wedding? Oh, I've always loved you, Dave. <laughs> we just met, yeah, but I've just got a sense. When you're full of the Spirit, you love people. Another thing that drunk people do is they dance aggressively with no regard for anyone else's personal space. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you move in ways you've never moved before. Another thing that drunk people do is they convince themselves that karaoke is a good idea. When you're full of the Spirit of God, you can't help but sing and praise God, even if the entire row are hating your tone deafness. Even to a point where Jesus is going, this is no longer a sweet smelling aroma, tone it down. 
No, I must praise God. Why? Because I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Another thing that drunk people do is they have a nice lie down in public places. <laughs> Pastor Ian, I've been drunk a number of times in the Holy Ghost and I have had many lying downs in many public places. You can tell people that love the Holy Spirit, they dress in clothes that match the carpet of their church. We used to believe in falling out under the power of God. We used to believe that if you hands laid on you, man, you'd take... These days, we're not so sure about that. Some people get so nervous about falling down. Oh, falling down worries me. I don't know about this falling down. Let me make this easy for you. Falling down is not the hard part. That's not the part that makes me nervous. For me, the part that makes me nervous is knowing the right time to get back up. Falling down's easy. I, I can fall and adjust my clothes and be in the realm of glory all at the same time. You know, you fix your shirt. We want to touch heaven, but we do not want people to see our navel. <laughs> Falling out under the power. Some people say, is it biblical? I think so. David said in Psalm 23, he makes me lie down. <laughs> Sound, sounds fairly voluntary, involuntary to me. The priests dedicated the temple. In the book of Chronicles, they couldn't stand because the glory of God filled the house. Daniel said he fell to the ground. John on the Isle of Patmos said, I fell to the ground as a dead man. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What about Peter? Just before he went and led Cornelius and all the Italians, he fell into a trance. People fell out under the power of God. If that's not enough, 750 Roman soldiers came to arrest Jesus. They said, are you the Christ? He said two words that are deadly words, my friend. He said, I am. And as he did, the entire band of army men fell under the power of God. Why? because there was a, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead was on him in that moment. Can I say, let's get back to old-time God encounters. Let's get back to the move of the Spirit of God. Pastors, throw open the altar sometime. Lay hands on your people. Impart the power of God. Release the anointing. Oh, hallelujah. The power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I love, the, I love it when the fire of God comes on people. I mean, I was in New Zealand. I, can I say, I'm not just saying this to win your hearts, but I think preaching in New Zealand is the greatest place to preach in the world. It's my, every time I get invited to New Zealand, yeah, I'm coming. Why? Because Kiwis are awesome. You love a good laugh. You're spiritual. Uh, you've got great coffee. And you've got huffer. And I love ugly. And between all of those things, I love New Zealand. We just got kangaroos and deadly animals. We do have the greatest cricket team in the world until the ball tampering took place. So please <laughs> pray for us. Like you guys don't do it too, but it's, let's get it. Well, let's move away from that subject. Let's just keep our eyes on Jesus. Because I had a girl come up to me. I was preaching out in West Auckland a few years ago. And we had one of those meetings where the power of God's just in the, in the house, you know. The catchers couldn't move fast enough. They were catching people one hand, one bounce, you know. It was happening. <laughs> so... So can I tell you, I'm, I feel like the anointing of God's fallen in here. It's just one of those mornings. Ooh, hallelujah. Rubber gumboot, hikiki kula, hubba dubba ding ding. Look at the legs on that thing. So here's the thing. This is what I want to tell you. She comes up to me. I've prayed for like hundreds of people. And she comes up to me and she says, will you pray for me? And I'm trying to leave to go to the hotel, you know, because and, and, I, I'd preach and, and I was a bit weary. And she says, pray for me. So I did one of those, and pastors, I know none of you would ever do this because you're holy and wonderful. But I did one of those trans, sort of transitional, I'm going home prayers, like Father bless her in the name of Jesus, amen. And, and I prayed for her like that. And she goes, was that it? <laughs> I said, what do you mean was that it? She goes, was that it? I came to you, I've got depression, anxiety. She said, my, parent, my father's terminally ill, they're about to divorce, and I came to you believing God that God was gonna do a miracle. Was that it? I said, no. <laughs> no. I said, it was a practice, because uh, you gotta warm up, you know, you can't just. So I pulled the old lawnmower cord, you know. In the name of Jesus. And boom, she hits the ground under the power of God. I was like, I think that might be it. <laughs> so you know what I did next? Well, I went home. There's nothing more for me to do. I get in the car on the way home. The Holy Spirit speaks to me and he starts talking to me about my church in Adelaide. He says, David, do not build the kind of church where people come in faith 
needing something from heaven and they leave going, was that it? My fear is too many people go to church going, was that it? Can I say, come on, let, we gotta let the power of God loose in our church, man. We gotta let the fire of heaven flow like a river from heaven, man. The Bible says in Psalm 46, there is a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of God. If there's a river, God, would you let it flow into our church in the name of Jesus? Being filled with the Spirit. An indicator is you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you'll speak with tongues. Releasing the power of God into that which is impossible. Miracles happen. The fire of God will come upon people's lives. A few years ago, I was preaching in, in Queensland at a Royal Rangers camp. Uh, that's probably what sets the apostolic churches and the Assemblies of God churches apart. You don't have Rangers and it's a very wise decision. Rangers is like Boy Scouts without a budget for the boys and girls that couldn't fit in at youth group. I was a ranger for about eight years. So, I, so thanks very much. Getting heckled from the front row, bless you, sir. So I, I, I'm doing this camp and I pray for this guy from Finland by the name of Yuka. I said, come here, Yuka. He comes forward and he brings his wife. The fire of God hit him. I mean, power, that was Holy Ghost power, you know. So he comes up to me, says, hello, David, my name's Yuka. Would you come to Finland? So I said, sure, I'll come to Finland. I've never, Jesus said, go into all the world, and that, I guess that includes Finland. So I go to Finland, fly to Finland, and we're doing this uh, big Assembly of God youth conference in a 3,000-seat tent in the middle of Finland. And, and so I get there. He says, I want you to bring the power of the Holy Ghost. And so I said, sure. Uh, I was trying to connect, see. Uh, Can I tell you, when the anointing of God flows, I feel like there's a 10th gift of the Spirit in operation. It's called the Spirit of Mischief. <laughs> and so, so he, he, says, he, he says, come, so I come. But, but his kind of offsider was not really in agreement with the, the, the pretense that I came. He says to me, they're part of the Assemblies of God in Finland, he says, there's a group of us, not Yuka, his mate. He says, there's a group of us that do not believe that when you are baptized in the Spirit, you'll speak in tongues. And... Uh, he says, we do not believe that healing is in the atonement. Does anyone know what that actually means? That when the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed, it doesn't mean we're actually healed. So I was like, dude. And then he says, we don't believe that people fall down under the power of God. He says, that's just Americanism. I said, bro, I'm Australian. And, <laughs> and I've seen it happen in New Zealand. <laughs> and so he says, well, that's just Americanism and it won't happen in Finland. And so I was totally discouraged because I was like, I have three sermons. One's about the baptism of the Spirit with tongues. One's probably about falling out under the power. The other one's about miracles. Other than that, I can't preach about anything. <laughs> and so, I, so I'm sitting in the car with this guy and I'm getting depressed. And then suddenly I felt the anointing of God and I began to laugh and he goes, what's so funny? <laughs> I said, I got bad news for you, bro. He goes, what's that? I said, you picked the worst human being in the world for your camp. He says, why is that? I said, because I don't believe, they're the only things I believe. And he looks at me and he basically gives me that look like, good luck. And then he says, by the way, you'll have a big crowd in the first service, but no one will come to the other services because there's other things on that people will want to go to. I'm like, Lord, I hate this guy. Uh, <laughs> and the Lord's going, look, I'm having to work through my issues with him too. <laughs> so then I get to my, my room and I start praying, God, would you move? And I sort of felt like God's like, why? I said, spite, uh, really, more than anything, just to really annoy that guy. And I felt like the Lord's going, done, I'm in, let's do it. Let's, let's upset him. So we get to this service, and there's about 2,500 people in this tent, you know. And so I thought, I've got one go. No one's coming back, so I'm gonna give it everything I've got. So I, my message was on the fire of the Holy Spirit. I changed the title to the fire of the Holy Ghost just to make it more epic. And <laughs> so I talked about fire. I don't think I mentioned Jesus once, but I talked a lot about fire and wind and tangible power. And, and so we laid hands on people. And, and, well, I went to lay hands. Firstly, my interpreter was a Baptist. And you know how I know? He told me. Uh, that's the first. That's a, that was a clear indication that, that was part of it. But then, he, then I spoke in tongues in the middle of my message. I went, and he went, Hallelujah. I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going somewhere with this story. So, so I called up this girl, the first girl. I said, 
sweetheart, come here. She, she gets out of her seat. I laid hands on her. There was no catcher because they're in Finland and they believe you only fall down if you're in America, even though I'm Australian and I have seen it happen here in New Zealand. And so I prayed for her. The fire of God hits her, man. She kaboom, hits the, power, the floor under the power of God. We prayed for about 600 people, all of them getting touched by the power of heaven. Now, this is where it gets crazy. The next session, they had electives, they had bands and everything. They had caterers. And, and so people were not coming to that service. But in the next service, even the camp staff left their jobs to see what was happening. We had 3,000 in the tent. And I'm eyeballing the critic. I'm like... I don't know what happened to my Baptist interpreter. In the second session, I went to lay hands on someone, but I couldn't because the next minute he's in there. I was like, man. That second service, 1,200 people received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues. The next service, the next morning, we had as many in the tent again, laid hands on everybody. It looked like a war zone, man. It was, and it sounded like the zoo at feeding time. It was church. But can I tell you, there's, I really believe that God wants to awaken a sense of revival in our spirit, a fresh anointing. I, I, I had more points, but I, I feel more today to stir your faith because I feel like God wants to touch people with a fresh anointing from heaven. I want you to even shift your dish to the All Things Are Possible Network, even right now, to receive from heaven. Let God touch you. Believe that God wants to minister to you. About a, two years ago, I was preaching at Brownsville Assembly of God again, and, and their building would hold maybe 12 or 1,500. And at the back, there was a girl, and I wasn't wearing my glasses, but I called this girl out. I said, come. And as she came, I realized she had an eye patch over her eye as she came forward. And I was pretty excited because I thought I've never prayed for a pirate before. And... <laughs> I was very, very excited. So I said, I said, come here. I said, lift your arms to Jesus. <laughs> I didn't. I said, how, how did you get here? I said, you sell the high seas. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> You know, Long John Silver and Jack Sparrow were being interviewed. In a, in a, and they said to Long John Silver, why, why have you got a wooden leg? And he goes, Arr! A crock got me a leg. They said, why have you, why have you got a, a hook? He said, Arr! A shark got me a hand. He said, well, why have you got a missing eye? He said, Arr! A seagull flew over him. She said, that doesn't make you go blind. He said, Arr! I had only just got the hook. Uh, anyway. <laughs> And he wiped his eye, just in case you... just want to apologize for that. This girl comes forward, she's got an eye patch. I think about a minute from now, the power of God's going to fall in this room. You just need it. Get your heart open, God's about to do something. So I said, why are you wearing an eye patch? She said, she said, I have cancer in my tear duct and there's pressure against my eye and now I can't see. And she said it was aggressive. And, and so cancer's awful on every front, but when it's a, a 13 or a 14 year old girl, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ballpark. And so we, the whole place prayed, the power of God touched her, she hit the floor under the anointing God, she gets up. And so she starts running around going, I can see, I can see, I can see. So I'm trying to say, hey, hey, let's just get a medical verification before we start declaring this. And so the church is trying to get me to testify, miracle happened. I just said, let's just wait. So she goes to the doctors, can I come down for a little walk and a chat? We'll come down, whoa, that's moving more than I would feel comfortable with. Bless God. So she starts she, she, she's telling people she can see, you know. I can see, I can see. So we said, go, go back to the doctor and, uh, and, and get it verified and, and we'll celebrate and praise God. We'll believe with you, we'll rejoice with you. But before we, so she goes to the doctor. Now her mum's not a believer, mum's not a Christian. So she, said, he, she goes to the doctor with her mum and the doctor says, hey, we've done scans from head to toe. You, you've got no cancer, you're cancer free. And wait, 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 wait. Mum goes, get this, thank God for unbelieving parents. Uh, she goes, don't you build false hope in my daughter. And so she's like, oh, okay, okay. 
okay, your daughter is in remission. And she, she accepted that. But the doctor said, come in six months, we'll have one more look. She came back in six months. The doctor says, mom, I know you don't want me to give false hope to your daughter, but I'm a medical professional. We've looked at her from head to toe. There is not a trace of cancer in your daughter's body. She is cancer free. If God can heal a pirate in Florida, he can touch somebody here in Auckland. He can touch your heart and touch your life. Why? Because the same Jesus that was raised from the dead is alive in the house today. King of kings, Lord of lords, if you believe in the power of God, why don't you give God a shout of praise? I mean, go ahead and make a joyful noise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph and victory. In the name of Jesus. There's a fresh anointing coming on the house in the name of Jesus. All across this building, lift your hands to the God of heaven and earth. Just for 15 seconds, just lift your hands. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just stir up that river on the inside of you right now. Come on, your volumes at a two. This is the household of faith. Let's jack it up a little bit. Musos, you don't need to help them. Let them do it for a minute. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Spirit of God. Jesus' name. I tell you, we shouldn't, we shouldn't find the language of heaven foreign. We should be comfortable praying in the Spirit of God, stirring up rivers on the inside of us. Lord God, let fresh oil fall in this place in the name of Jesus. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost just flow in this room, even right now in the name of Jesus. New wine and fresh oil. New wine and fresh oil. Pastor Ian, I was, I was having breakfast with Scott Hansey this morning, Pastor Scott, and I said, I just feel led to pray for Pastor Ian this morning. Pastor Dale, can I pray for you guys? You guys are heroes in revival. Come down, I wanna lay hands on you. I'm believing God is gonna touch you by His Spirit. Church, just lift your hands. Let's just get our eyes on Jesus for a minute. He's in the house. He's in the house. Father, we thank you for the touch of God. Church, lift your hands to God. God's going to touch people. Place a demand on the anointing, even right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, a greater anointing than they've ever known before. Let the wind of the Spirit of God blow over their church, over their ministry. Father, shake that city under the hand of God. In the name of Jesus, feel right now. God bless you. In the name of Jesus, feel right now. Man, I feel the Spirit of God in the house. Lift your hands to heaven. This guy in the blue, just come. Just stand right there. The anointing of God's going to touch it. Lift your hands high to heaven. In the name of Jesus, sir, in the scarf, just come. In the name of Jesus, fill the house. Oh, bless Jesus. In Jesus' name, that girl with the glasses right there in the second row. Come, sweetheart. There's a fresh touch for you right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Lift your hands to God as you do the fire of heaven. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. Listen, you know, there are some things that only the anointing can do. It's just some things that only the anointing can do. Oh, man, I feel the Spirit of God. This guy with the Adidas hat, just come, just come, just come. Stand right there. Lift your hands to God. As you do, that's the fire of heaven. One, two, three, power right now in Jesus' name. Flows in your world. In the name of Jesus, there's nothing like the anointing. There's nothing like the anointing. If you're hungry, lift your hands to God. If you're hungry, lift your hands to God. If you're hungry, let His anointing just rain down. Fill the house. Let it fill the house. Let the Spirit of God fill this place. New wine and fresh oil. New wine and fresh oil. That young man with the clippers hat, just come, just come. God's gonna touch you in the name of Jesus. Stand right there, man of God, what's your name? Jordan, lift your hands to heaven, bro. As you do, there's a fresh anointing from God right now. you in Jesus' name. That's the power of God. It's a power. Can I tell you, I know it's old school, but it's real. 
This stuff's real, it'll get on you. The power of God, it's tangible, you can feel it. It's real, it's Pentecostal power. I, I feel like there's a fresh wind blowing in our nation, in New Zealand, and Australia. There's a fresh touch of Almighty God, a fresh touch of the supernatural. In the name of Jesus, we're so hungry. We're so hungry. All over the house, just lift your hands. Pastor Ruth, can I pray for you? You're one of my favourite people in the world. Can I pray for you too, Pastor Wayne? I don't feel worthy because of your bishop status, but if I can, I only want to pray for you because I feel like God's doing something in our nation. A fresh move of God in Australia. God, touch Australia, please, with revival. Bless God, I tell you. Hallelujah. If you're watching on live stream, there it is. Hallelujah. Just come. Oh God, I thank you and I honour these guys. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing a fresh rain from heaven, Lord, on their church, over their movement, Lord God, over their pastors, over their leaders, Lord, come with fire, fresh oil, fill it, Jesus. Shekhebra. The wind of the Spirit of God. Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus, we worship you now. We sing holy. We'll just keep it here, though. Holy, Christ. Holy. Come here, bro. Come here. Stand right there. Lift your hands to heaven. What's your name? Lift our hands and sing to Jesus. Holy, this guy just come. Stand right here. Lift both hands to God. Close your eyes as you do. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. All over this building, there's new wine. There's fresh oil falling in the house. Jesus. Jesus' name. as it is in heaven. This lady right here with the blonde hair, just come, just come. Sing it again. We sing holy. Now, in Jesus' name, the power of heaven just comes, touches you. Oh, yeah. Come on, let's really see it right now. We sing holy. with the stripes, you're in the third row, just come, kind of got curly hair, just come, just stand right here, lift your hands to Jesus, church, can I say, let's keep our eyes on Him, He's the baptizer in the Spirit, let's take one step forward, bro, so I can pray for you without dying, Jesus, but the hand of God, come on Him, Jesus, now, Jesus, now, that's the power of God, take it, bro, just receive, it's the Spirit of God, it's the Spirit of God. Can I say, I feel faith in the house. I feel hunger. This lady right here in the second row, you've got spectacles on. Just come. Both of you come. 
Lift your hands to God, ladies, as you do. There's the anointing of God right now. One, two, three. Power from heaven in Jesus' name. That's the power of God. Sister, be filled. Be filled. New wine and fresh oil in the name of Jesus. I feel like God's doing something in here. I'm 37 and I attend Pentecostals Anonymous. My name's Dave and I'm Pentecostal. And I've been drinking the whole time. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the power of God. Alive with the supernatural of God's Spirit. One more time. It's not a bad thing for me to say this, but I feel like uh, your, your parents taking on the church in Canberra has probably a lot more to do with you guys. I'm not, I'm not saying that outside of, I'm not, you know, but I, I, regardless of where you end up or what you do, I feel like God's all over that for raising you up in the call of God. You both are big thinkers, you're doing great things, but there's a, there's a dimension of the anointing of God that God wants to pour on you guys right now. Lift your hands to Jesus. Lord, let a fresh wind of the Spirit of God What walks in fathers runs in sons. And Father, right now, as his dad has carried a mantle of the supernatural, and by no means has that lifted off him, but I pray it's double-double on you, Caleb. It's double-double on you, Layla, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the fire of God right now. Fill it, Jesus. Right now, fill it, Jesus' name, with a touch of heaven in the name of Jesus. Can somebody just make a joyful noise unto God? Come on, let me give Jesus a shout of praise. God in the house. Hey, just across the room, let's lift our hands to heaven. I'm going to hand back. I don't know who I'm handing back to. I think it was Pastor Byron, maybe, or Pastor Sam. Or there he is. Spirit of God. Oh, bless God. Spirit of God's in this place. It's raining down from heaven. The fresh anointing getting on the church, getting on the getting on the house of God. Just a fresh wind of the Spirit. God's touching you. That's the anointing of God. Stand with it, bro. The power of God's coming on it right now in Jesus' name. Filled with the anointing. It's the power of God. I'll pray for you, sister, then I better hand back to Pastor Byron. Just come. Blessed Lord Jesus, you happy? Doing all right? Just come. Lift your hands to Jesus. As you do, the Holy Ghost comes on you right now from your head to your toe. Power from heaven. In Jesus' name. Something's just shifted. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's the power of God. One, two, three. Power from heaven in Jesus' name. Just take it. In the name of Jesus. The power of heaven comes on you right now.